Man, how I miss that chill pop in the background. Hey, what's up, guys? God bless. Y'all know who it is already. It's your podcast host, Kenny. Excited to bring you some fresh, brand new content here at Hope Ministries after quite some time. Another little hiatus that I took because, guys, quite frankly, I'm going to keep it real with y'all. Being a dad to twins is no joke. Um, I have I have um, defined it as the hardest thing I've ever done. And Laura can attest to that. Being a mom and dad to twins is the most beautiful thing However, very, very demanding, and I'm able to get back here and uh, share some things that happened in between my last podcast episode, which was uh, one chapter ends and another chapter begins, and um, it's been a wild summer, guys, uh, I guess to say the least, and I do want to get some updates so I can uh, catch you guys up on what's been happening in my life and everything on that front, and I'm going to start real quick with the book. Um, The book release was um, in August. And the beginning of August, and guys, let me tell you, man, it was uh, it was crazy. Uh, what a surreal experience to be um, not only become an author, but to see people support you, and to he- to see people read um, the stuff that I partnered with the Holy Spirit to to develop. And it's been such a wild ride, and I'm thankful to the people, the family, the friends, uh, even in prayers. I mean, even if you haven't purchased the book yet, which you now can get on Amazon. So type in what's in your hand or my name, Kenneth Marie Diaz, and it'll pop up right there on Amazon and you can order yourself a book. Um, also, if that's too much for you, go to my Instagram page and you can go to the link tree, which is a little link on my bio and it'll lead you to uh, various websites. But one of them being the what's in your hand amazon account so um back to what i was saying though uh you know it's um it's been a a pretty crazy summer and and the book uh, was a blessing in between a lot of roller coaster of emotions so um I'm just grateful that uh, we're able to do that together as a team. Um, my True Encounter team, shout out to you guys. They surprised me, my beautiful wife, who was part of the decoration, even though she had to be here with me and the boys. She just thought it all up, and it came out uh, beautiful. Um, the picture's up on my Instagram. If you haven't seen them, check them out. And uh, it was just a great experience. So um, if you do want me to sign the book, if you're listening to this and you know you can get in contact with me and you know where I'm at, um, hit me up. I would love to sign the book for you and to get some feedback from what's the, the book or how the book has impacted you. So, um, yeah, that's finally out there. You guys heard me for so long talk about the book and its release date, and we're here. And uh, para mi gente latina que bueno no no, no leen en inglés, el libro en español va a estar disponible en octubre. Entonces por favor um, manténgase conectado ahí. Uh, yo voy a poner subir eso en redes, redes sociales. Um, cuando eso sale pero por favor esperen un, un momentico más porque ya, ya viene ya viene ese libro en español and I know y'all been waiting so I love you guys so much and um, again just a remarkable uh, an accomplishment to, to, to be a part of with God um, I also want to talk about Crave Night real quick Crave Night happened this past Saturday and it was amazing um, guys mark your calendars September 25th I don't know where this Crave Night's going to be I'm going to be mad transparent with y'all I'm asking Holy Spirit, do we do it outside? It's the last crave night before summer ends. How do we do this? How do we make it happen? And I just feel in my heart that we got to make do something unique. 
You know, I mean, I, Sean Voigt, shout out to him and his whole entire movement of what God is leading him to do. We got to get outside the four walls. And when it gets cold out, we have a lot of excuses. So it's warm out. Weather is beautiful. We have to take advantage of these things. And I know that God will open up a door, whether at somebody's house, whether um, uh, in front of my house, because we have a beautiful place in a park right there that I know um, will be an excellent place. But help me pray for that, y'all, that um, we'll get a unique place to do an outdoor crave night and uh, take it from there. Um, so, like I said before in the beginning of this episode, this whole summer has been a wild ride. And this past weekend, uh, uh, namely yesterday, was the culmination of everything. Uh, we celebrated our 26th year anniversary for our church. I mean, 26 years um, of my parents serving um, as pastors, as leaders, as, in, as mentors. And, you know, yesterday was a pretty cool moment um, for so many different reasons. Um, one being that we dedicated Cairo and Luca, which is pretty cool how that went down. Uh, Cairo and Luca, um, you know, are now officially dedicated unto the Lord. And Laura and I are stewards now of leading them in progression to know Jesus and to, and to live a life uh, worthy of uh, honoring him in everything they do. Not only that, yesterday also was uh, Laura and I's pastoral ordination. ordination. We have now officially pastors in our ministry. Um, it's uh, something that obviously... I, we kind of, you know, saw coming once we I came to the church and I, you know, learned under my mother and father who are the heads of the ministry. Uh, my mother is still very much the head, and I'm just submitted to that. But I'm grateful that I get to fulfill and extend the legacy that my dad left behind of uh, not just being a pastor and having a title, but being a man of God who who fears the Lord and started uh, hope of the hope of the family here in Valley Stream. So y'all can imagine it was a mix of emotions, um, everything, just you know. Going back to the beginning of summer, my father passing away, uh, Cairo Luca being born, uh, Luna passes away, book gets released, uh, and then we have this whole event. And in between that, you have anniversaries and birthdays, and it was just crazy that, like, everything, everything was just a wild ride. But, um, you know, we're officially there. And I do want to talk about something that's pretty interesting um, based off what happened yesterday. And, um, you know, I, Laura and I are 100% grateful uh, to, be a, to be a part of what God is doing here in Valley Stream in New York. But now that we're pastors, do we all of a sudden become different people? I want to pose that question to you right now for my young person out there who's striving to be that prophet, that minister, that man or woman of God. <clears throat> Whatever you want to insert there as far as authority figure. You know, do you think that getting to that position is going to all of a sudden be... Um, finally all your accomplishments and all your dreams that you worked hard to do and then once you get there it's going to be like all right so what do i do now or let me continue being a person that has extreme character flaws and has no self-control self-discipline you know the way i look at it is that now that we're pastors that means we're we're more of a spotlight with people and god but again our servant heart needs to remain there that's why i titled this podcast episode new name same servant and as newly named pastors, Laura and I firmly believe that the position comes with an obvious heightened level of authority, as well as responsibility to uphold organization to the, on the church. Um, you know, this this involves such things as discipleship, instruction, correction, evaluation, communication, etc. So many things that um, a leader will be, I guess, relied upon to do. You know, and it comes with you know some accolades. I'm not gonna lie. You know, yesterday 
it was pretty cool. My uh, my mom gave me my dad's uh, Mo bottle watch that another apostle friend, Apostle Rojas in Sweden, gave on to him and now pretty much passed down to me. And if y'all don't know what Mo bottle is, look it up. It's not a cheap brand watch at all. Not only that, my beautiful wife had um, some uh, this this Hugo Boss watch waiting for me here. Uh, I was bombarded with watches, and let me tell y'all something. If you don't know much about me, um, I love to sew watches into into people. Um, every young man that God puts in my heart, I give my watch to. I've given away probably like seven, eight watches. And, um, you know, I just felt like God one day told me, like, listen, you love watches, but you can't love watches more than me. So if you're not willing to give a watch to anybody or someone that I highlight to you, then are we really, you know, father and son? Are we really mentor and, and student? You know, and I, I took that seriously. You know, I took it to the heart. And I said, you know what, God, I don't want any standing idols before me. So, hey, if the watch got to go, the watch got to go. But look how God recompensed me. Um Two beautiful watches. Uh, my mother gave me the cologne that my father used to wear all the time. Kind of a sentimental connection there. Um, but yeah, listen, what I'm trying to say is that some things come with it. It comes with the territory. You're going to have some nice stuff. However, we also believe, Laura and I, that we must be held accountable before God and our peers to uphold a righteous character, a humble heart, and a loving and kind spirit. This is not an easy balance, guys, because everyone believes pastors, when they get into a position, they're allowed to communicate with people however they so choose. And it's not the case. You cannot be that guy. You cannot be that person that is like basically saying, well, since I was put in this authority uh, position and somebody, you know, I guess, you know, they anointed me in this area. And now God sees that I'm going to talk to you the way I believe you should be spoken to. And guys, let me tell you something real quick. That has been something that I have dealt with for quite some time. I really feel like, you know, if I see something stupid, I'm going to call it stupid. But in the kingdom, when you're a pastor, when you're a shepherd, when you're a leader, a mentor, an influencer, not just for the flesh, but in the spirit, you can't carry these things into leadership. You know, I feel like in this day and age, you know, many young people and let's be honest, some older ones as well, too, have misunderstood the responsibility titles bring I feel like our focus goes more towards, you know, the pay raise and the people that we are in charge of. Okay, boss, who's underneath me now? Who can I tell my, you know, all my, um, who can I share my power with? Not share my power with, but invoke, you know, that's another thing. You can put, put my power over now. Who can I tell to go clean here and go here and do that? You know, where's my new office? You know, where's my new little, my, my name plaque that has my shiny new title name next to it? Senior pastor, head bishop, uh, deacon, um, prophet of the house, you know, we look for all those things and the benefits of our, of our promotion. But even though these are accurate, again, like I said before, sometimes you get some cool watches, right? Who knows how God blesses you? Um, we must never forget to whom we must be most purely accountable to, drum roll, drum roll please, God. What does that mean? Let me take you to a, a passage here in the Bible. And you can actually find in Titus 1, 7 through 9. I'll be reading out the Amplified Version to kind of clarify and to kind of show you um, why I'm even bringing this verse into this podcast episode. So I'll give you some time. Titus 1, 7 through 9. Open up your Bible. Open up your, your tablet, whatever you have open. Your phone, wherever you're at. Uh, go to that verse real quick. Um, highlight it for me if you can. Pick your favorite color. My color, our go-to colors are blue, yellow, pink, and green. So if y'all want to choose one of those. And I'm going to start here. Verse 7 of Titus 1. It says, 
For the overseer, as God's steward, must be blameless, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not addicted to wine, not violent, not greedy for dishonest gain, but financially ethical. And he must be hospitable to believers as well as strangers. Hey, take a pause right there. A lot of us sometimes when I get in that position so I can tell that brother or sister, you, you got to go do this because now I'm your authority. And even worse, we take it to the streets and we get that whole pastor, you know, inflated head and we're like, yo, do you know who I am? I'm the anointed of God. And you, you peasant person who walks in the street and doesn't even know the king, listen to what I have to say. It sounds mad dramatic, but guys, honestly, it is true. A lot of people who get that those, those titles in churches think they can just enforce it wherever they go. Chill out. You're a man of God and you represent him first, not your inflated head and your ego. A lover of what is good. It sounds kind of stupid, right? I mean, I don't want to use the word stupid, but it sounds kind of like redundant, like a lover of what is good. Well, if I love God, I love what's good, right? So I don't have to show that. However, some pastors think that authority in speaking directly and giving certain tones and condescending is, is doing what is good because the person needs to hear what I have to say. Lover of what is good. Be a lover of it. What do you love? You love your wife? You love chocolate? You love nice, you know, um, cars? Then be a lover. The same way you love things, be passionate about what is good, sensible and upright, fair, devout, self-disciplined, above reproach, above reproach, sorry, whether in public or in private. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy word of God as it was, as it was taught to him so that he will be able to give both accurate instruction in sound, reliable, error-free doctrine and to refute those who contradict it by explaining their error. Let me say something real quick. Let me just go backtrack to that verse. You're able to, in, to instruct sound doctrine perfectly and error-free. That no one said you had to live error-free or mistake-free, but the way you speak of the word is 100% guided by the spirit and you're not misinterpreting and adding whatever happened in your past and, and, and saying it has to be this, that, not that, not that. No, you got to get in the word and study it because you're going to instruct it. You're going to speak of it and people will be saved not by your words, but by the word that you know. Amen. All right, hope y'all tracking me. I'm going a little fast there. But again, you know, all these words, you know, you, you can't be greedy. You can't be dishonest. You can't be addicted to wine. Everyone's like, oh, but I drink. I can't be a leader. No, 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 no. Addiction and taking part of something are two different things. Now, I mean, personally, I don't drink wine. I don't drink alcohol. But listen, I don't judge you if you do. But all these things, quick-tempered. Maybe you don't drink, but you get, oof, you like to curse. It slips out real quick. Maybe you're, you're controlling, maybe you don't drink, but maybe you're greedy, maybe you're violent, maybe you're aggressive towards people. I don't know what the issue is or issue isn't, but know that a man of God, an overseer, someone who's put in the position to be a pastor, a leader, administrator, whatever that role is in your church that you use that, that distinguishes itself from just someone who's serving to someone who's leading now or a servant leader, so to speak. You know, make sure that these things are, are in you. And I don't think the church talks about this enough. We, we, we just look for people who kind of look it. I, it takes me back to the, uh, to the passage where um, the prophet Samuel uh, was looking for the next anointed. And here comes Jesse and all his sons. And you guys saw some tall, handsome dudes. People who were like, yo, that's a great mayor. That's a great leader. That's a great president. But God was like, I don't want any of these people. 
because none of them have my heart. So think about it. God works from the inside. You could be small, you could be chubby, you could be tall, lanky, you can be unattractive or attractive, whatever you, God doesn't worry about that. God wants you to know that the person who will be in charge of leading his church, that the gates of hell cannot prevail against, are people who have his heart and are after his heart. And of course, accept Christ Jesus as their savior and they they literally fulfill that by their daily actions. Amen? So, when we enter to a position of authority, do we truly understand what is being handed to us? Do you really know what the repercussions are? I remember talking to a young person and he asked me, listen, I'm trying to become a pastor in my church, but my mentor is saying that I'm not ready and I feel like he doesn't know what he's talking about because I received this word from a prophet a couple of years back and he said that the Lord is going to position you and you're going to be leading many and multitudes will listen to you. And this, this young man misinterpreted this. And instead of submitting to his leader, right, and learning from him and growing in that, he goes against his leader and says, leader, you're incompetent. You don't know what it is to anoint me and to position me into where God wants me to be. So, you know what? I don't want to be underneath you anymore because, quite frankly, you don't know what leadership is. <clears throat> Man, the egos that we have. We got to be careful. Because if you did hear a word from God that you will lead, that means that right now, until the rest of your life, until you go to heaven one day, you're going to be sharpened and tested and examined and approved and everything by God. Let me talk. Let me just mention this verse real quick found in James 3.1, where it says, Not many of you, okay, amplified version, if you want to go to James 3.1, highlight it real quick. Now, many of you should become teachers serving in an official teaching capacity, my brothers and sisters. This means male and female. For you know that we who are teachers will be judged by a higher standard because we have assumed greater accountability and more condemnation if we teach incorrectly. Man, there's so many people who want to jump in that position. And I'm talking about this. My young people, I love y'all love ministering and talking to you and hearing your ups and downs and your past and where you're going and your and your dreams and aspirations but let me tell you something when you get into this role be very careful it says right here because we will be assumed a greater accountability and more condemnation if we teach incorrectly does anyone like i mean for me has, have you ever had a job where you feel like you were just so underqualified for it I had a job with Luis Palau where they gave me a whole office, a desk, an email, laptop. I mean, I never had a job like that before. And they were like, Ken, you got to get 3,000 people together. You got to get paved the streets in all five boroughs in New York. And you got to just go out there and prepare for uh, the events of Central Park and Radio City Music Music Hall. And all these places that I'm just like, mm, I'm not ready for that. I honestly felt like I was not prepared for that. However, I knew that I had to submit myself more. I had to say, God, if you put this before me and someone is putting me in this position of authority, I need you. That's why I love what King Solomon says. King Solomon says, I'm 12 years old and I need wisdom. I need clarity. I need discernment to lead a multitude of numerous people. How many young people are really swimming in that ideology, that belief system where it's like, nah, I know beautiful things can come of this. I know people will praise me and share my post and say amen, pastor, and high five me and say this is the best person in the world. However, you must understand that greater accountability awaits you because you might not feel any wrath here on earth if you're teaching incorrectly, but the condemnation awaits you, which is post. It's not pre, it is post what you do on earth, which God will judge. Amen? 
So the truth is, instead of working tirelessly to um, to get the position you've wanted in order to receive applause and affirmation, which many of us do, because even in the workforce, we like to work hard for the promotion and go get it and, and, and do whatever it takes to, to sign as many people as you can, to sell accounts, to, to go and get promoted until you're CEO and all those things, right? Take each day right now to make the personal effort to become the teacher or mentor you would desire. This is also addressing people who uh, openly say, I can't be taught, I don't want mentors because quite frankly, um, everyone's flawed, everyone has their problems. Listen, you can become someone that can fulfill many needs and many uh, desires of so many people around you. You can, not, not that you're becoming a people pleaser, but you are getting together with God, with the Holy Spirit, and you have made it an effort to say, God, teach me how to become somebody who's worthy of carrying your name, who's worthy of ministering your name, who's worthy of going to the broken and, and, and watching the beautiful process of restoration take place. Let me be that guy or that woman. Like with me, my mom, she put it all perspective. I said, mom, how do I get a princess? She goes, you gotta be a prince. It's pretty simple. It's, it's very Disney. It's very elementary. You can't go get no princess if you're no prince. And I was like, you know what? She's right. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta get locked in with Jesus. I gotta find out what He wants from me. I gotta mature as a man. I gotta go and, and start getting you know chiseled out. And everything that happened yesterday in the ordination, as far as being you know anointed as pastor, started when I first gave my life to Christ. Or matter of fact, even before that. But as far as us being aware, that's when I gave my life to Christ. And let me tell you something: a person who has not given their life to Christ should not be a representative of Christ. Okay, you're an ambassador of kingdom of light, but because you know the king of light. Amen? Well, it's just crazy to kind of talk about this topic because it's just, I just feel like we, we, we teach and we want to help people get to that, that title and that position of leader, but we don't really talk to them about the repercussions and the, and the um, just the, the warnings that come with it, you know? Because listen, if you're up there, you're talking nonsense and you're following people or matter of fact, put it this way, you're up there, you're ill prepared, you're, you're in nonsense, you're kind of in your own, like, I want to be my own leader. And then you teach other people this philosophy and they teach other people, look at the domino effect that you're forming. It's not just you anymore. It's probably your kids. It's probably your nephews. It's probably your, your, your cousins. It's probably your, your students. It's everybody. You are infecting a community. You are depopulating heaven and you are filling hell with people who think they were doing right. Think about that. The repercussions, the consequences, the negative out, outfall or fallout. Sorry about that. That takes place when you don't follow what God wants you to do. Let me close this podcast uh, episode out by saying a few things. Um, this position of authority that comes with great responsibility, I can't help but think about Spider-Man <laughs> when I say that, with great power comes great responsibility. And uh, listen, we're going to make mistakes. You will make mistakes. It will happen. But we must be ready to be corrected or even instructed ourselves. We must be ready to make the necessary adjustments. I love leaders that are willing to have these meetings, these conversations, these feedback moments where it's like, how am I doing? What's happening here? And what happens is we get so caught up in the leader role, the position, people calling a certain name that our head inflates, our ego grows. And all we want to hear is these beautiful things about ourselves and how great we're doing a poor, how great we're doing a, a leadership job, even though we're doing poorly, you know? 
And I feel like a great leader is always putting himself in a board of, 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 of different um, people who they trust. And, and they say, listen, Ken, work on this. Ken, work on that. My mother right now is my head. She'll always give me the correction that I need. Uh, David Pizarro, who's actually here right now uh, upstairs um, um, in, my, in my mother's place, um, he's another sound uh, uh, mentor that we have that's going to correct me. Jerry out in Phoenix, my tia and uh, Dio down in Florida. You know, there's people out there who are going to rally around me. And, of course, my wife was going to keep me on track. So you need these people to build around you. And when you have that, that's what you're going to relay. You're going to give that off. You're going to um, you're gonna implement that and then impart that onto other people. So your leadership will not only last a generation, but generations to come. Amen. So my advice would be stop yearning to be in a position that comes with spotlight. If you haven't understood why you have been placed in obscurity. My wife says something so awesome. She was telling me she was like, when I first got to the ministry here at Hope, Hope of the Family, she felt like she was in obscurity and wilderness, but because God told her she was going to be, because there was something he had to do with her. The same two years that I was in obscurity and wilderness, God also put my wife in there. And think about that. We were one, but not only one because we got married, but one because we endured what the cross will, will require of you. Pick up your cross and walk with me and follow me. That's, that's true. That is factual. And a lot of people think, no, well, I'm the pastor's wife, so I'm going to do that. Or I'm the prophet, so I'm going to do what the pastor does. Yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. No. If you're called to be a servant of God, you're going to go through the same, if not extremely similar process that every man and woman, man and woman has gone through. Amen? So, listen, you want the spotlight? Then you better, I better see your resume. I better see the receipts of your obscurity. I better see how God dealt with your, your, your character, your arrogance, your ignorance with everything. Because if you're going to be in a position where people are going to listen to you, you can't be someone who wants to do become an entertainer because we are not entertainers. Pastors are not people who are going to say what you want to say and, you know, things are going to tickle your ears. No, we have actively avoid those things because the word of God sometimes is beautiful and it's restoring, powerful, but sometimes it's very confrontational. That's why he calls it a double-edged sword in the book of Hebrews. It does a lot, man. It convicts everybody and it puts everybody back in their position if they're um, drifting away from truth. Amen. So, together with the counsel of the Holy Spirit, I would suggest that you would submit yourselves now to leaders. Help them grow you. Help them mature you. Ask questions. Um, listen, take every question and, and take it seriously and say, God, you help me here. Uh, uh, listen, mentor, father, friend, whoever it is, I need your help here. I love that I used to ask my father such random questions, but he was always prepared to answer them because I knew that only God called him, but he was doing his prep work. You know, two different things, by the way. Some pastors are up there because they know God called them, but some pastors are up there because not only did God call them, but they have been prepared for that. Two different, distinctly di different people. And you'll see the first one is a person who will fall a lot and will exercise their authority and power with arrogance versus the second one is the person who knows that they must father uh, a generation and love a generation and, and be, a, again, like I said before, a loving, kind spirit, humble in heart and uh, righteous and upright in character. Learn their ways. Pray instead of complaining. Love instead of judging. Prepare now to be the person that will be influenced many of the kingdom later. Amen? You know, so that pretty much wraps up this episode, guys. But what I want to leave you with is this. You know, I'm thankful that God has placed my wife and I along with Pastor Abel, Pastor Marvel, um, Pastor Alma. And now our youth leader, Nicole. Shout out to you, girl, because she's been donned her official title for the first time in the ministry. And I'm super proud of her and all her hard work. But all of us are going to be held accountable to God. 
the standard of the divine, so to speak. And I know it sounds kind of crazy, it sounds like a little overwhelming, but He chose us to do this. He put us in this place. Which means if He put us in a place where it's going to require a lot from us, He's going to tell you the same thing He tells the person who cleans toilets, the person who's anything. And they say, listen, you need me. And the more of me I have in you, the more you decrease and I increase, the more you're going to fulfill what I have called you to do. And I want you to receive that today. So if you are a young leader, if you're somebody who's been told you're going to be a pastor soon or a prophet or a leader, whatever it may be, understand this. Say thank you to God. Praise Him for, for and be grateful for what's about to happen in your life. Um, but also understand what that comes with. You know, you can't keep living your life the way you want to live. Uh, things change, man. Your hours are not 9 to 5 anymore. You are 24-7. You are a 7-Eleven. People are going to call you at all times of the, of, of the day and night. And obviously you form boundaries. But know that you are the person that's going to help others. You're the shepherd of many sheep who are lost and wandering and struggling and hurt and injured. But in the end, God is going to help you as he positions you for pur- with, with purpose. As he is going to strategically take things out of you so he can get ready and fill that vessel for what it's going to do. So... Maybe you have a new title. And this goes for people who even got promoted at, at work. You know, maybe you were a teacher's aide and teacher assistant. Now you're an actual full-time teacher. Glory be to God. But hey, if you're in that position now, make sure you're taking the responsibility real because you're teaching kids. You're teaching the next generation. And you cannot let mistakes happen every single day. You cannot blame people. You cannot be a person who is not, uh, not unsubmissive. you got to be ready to do what God's called you to do. Amen. So that wraps up the episode of here. New name, same servant. Um, join me, hopefully, a couple more times. Maybe, you know what, guys? I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do three episodes in a month of September. All right? I promise y'all. So be ready for that. Again, hop on my uh, my Linktree uh, account on my Instagram bio. And uh, there you can find the book. You can find the podcast. You can find my website. A lot of different things about me. And if you want to know more about me, there you go. Maybe you live in different straight, different state, different country. You can find out a lot who Kenny is, who Laura is, my boys, everybody. Um, and until next time, guys, I love y'all. Be strong. Keep walking firmly in the faith and know that God is with you. He hears you um, and he is for you. All right. And if you fall and you struggle, get back up. Dust yourself off. Don't, don't wallow in your pity. Don't sit there saying, God, why me? Listen, things happen for a reason. Just get back up. Trust him. He's with you. I love y'all. Until next time.